Welcome to the SNS ICE podcast, your go-to source for the latest news and in-depth insights into the world of 6G in Europe. Join us as we dive into industry news, analyze the latest trends, and discuss the development of the new generation of cellular networks. Welcome to the SNS ICE series podcast. This is the first in a planned number of podcasts on this subject. I'll be the moderator. My name is Will Townsend. I'm the Vice President and Principal Analyst at More Insights and Strategy. I manage the networking and security practices, and I'm also an AR Insights Top 10 Ranked Analyst. Joining me today is Peter and uh, Colin. Welcome, gentlemen, to the podcast. Hi, Will. Nice to see you. Could y'all uh, each do a quick introduction before we jump into the subject matter? With pleasure. Peter Stuckman. I'm uh, working for the European Commission, DG Connect, and um, leading together with Colin the Smart Networks and Services Joint Undertaking, which is uh, the main instrument in Europe for funding research on 6G. Thanks, Peter and Colin. Yeah, hi. My name's Colin Wilcock. Uh, I guess I've got two hats for this meeting. So the first is as chairman of the board of the 6G Infrastructure Association, which I think we will touch on in this podcast, but is an industry association representing all things 5G and 6G in Europe. And the second role is chairman of the board of this Smart Network and Services JU, this big research program. Awesome. Well, let's jump into it, gentlemen. So well, let's start off with defining what this is. So, um, Colin, let's start with you. What, what is the SNSJU? Well, it's exciting. What is it exactly? So it's it's a large research program. So it's a so-called public-private partnership. So it's run by the European Commission and private industry, and it aims to invest at least 1.8 billion euros in 6G research over the next six to seven years. So it's quite a big research program. And it has a, a number of things it's trying to achieve. One of those things is trying to keep Europe competitive in telecommunications. By that, I mean in terms of vendors, in terms of products, in terms of development. But it, it's not just about trying to keep the competitiveness of the big telecom players like Ericsson and Nokia. Another key thing we're trying to do is in the application of that technology. So trying to ensure that this research program means we have influence over the 6G standards. That will then provide, if you will, the intellectual property rights and the products that we talked about for our, for these, these vendors. But we want to apply the technology. So we want to use this new technology for so-called vertical industries, industries beyond telecoms, be that mm-hmm. automotive or smart cities or smart media or smart agriculture. And the rationale here is that in our modern world, these technologies, be that 5G or, or 6G, these mobile communi- communication technologies, they're not just a, a nice to have. They're a critical underpinning, a critical infrastructure. Without them, many of these industries will not be competitive in the future. And that's why we need to, within smart network and services, get these other industry sectors involved and make sure the technology will meet their future requirements, but also help to try and apply it. And the sort of third thing we're trying to do is actually try and tackle some of the, shall we say, societal problems, societal issues. So I think we're all aware of things like the resource problems, um, the carbon footprint, the environmental issues, the urbanization. These technologies won't in themselves solve these issues, but they will provide us a toolbox where we can start to try and tackle some of these key issues and hopefully 
make the world a better place. Those are fantastic insights. And I know in the United States, there's a lot of reshoring of manufacturing and 5G promises to help facilitate the digital transformation, especially in operational technology environments and bring a level of automation that will drive improved yield and you know profitability and productivity. But Peter, I'd love to get your perspective on this and how it fits into the sort of the broader policies that are being implemented in the European Union and through the European Commission. Yeah, I think what we have seen in the last years is that um, these kind of technologies have uh, increased in importance. So what is what is 6G? It's, it's actually the next generation of communication technology with first services that we expect by the end of the decade. And um, so the connectivity basis for all digital services that we have in mind. And this is indeed uh, the basis for what we call the digital and green transition. So transforming our sectors, making them green by using the digital technologies and at the same time also advancing in technology progress and making these technologies themselves greener. So I think this, this, is, this is an important aspect. But what also has increased in the last few years, I think, is the strategic importance of technology. It's really about um, what we call sovereignty or some called autonomy, that you have a certain independence or reduced dependencies from other regions and that you have a certain position in the value chain of these digital technologies. And of course, connectivity is the key building block here. It's the basis for these this services. And at the same time, these connectivity technologies are uh, somehow converging with technologies like AI, like, like cloud and edge, or even looking into microelectronics, like chips for these, uh, these uh, technologies. So the, here, the, uh, the idea is that we're building on our strength in telecoms, where we have a good c uh, capacity in the markets uh, with the leading vendors coming from Europe, uh, and then also leverage that in the uh, broader areas of the, of the value chain, looking into cloud, uh, things like cloud and edge and, uh, and, and chips. You know, th those are great observations, you know, just the convergence and, you know, the, you know, the momentum behind things like JetGPT uh, from an AI perspective and even the, um, the convergence of security and networking to bolster resiliency because telecommunication networks represent critical infrastructure globally. So, um, and you touched on 6G and so, uh, Peter, so Colin, I, that's a great segue to our, our next set of topics around 6GIA and uh, its relationship to SNSJE. So could you could you kind of take us through the, the interconnectivity there? Sure, let me try and keep this straightforward. So uh, it often gets a little bit confused, but the two are very, so the 6GIA is an industry association. When I say industry association, it doesn't mean it's just restricted to the big players, the OEMs, the Deutsche Telekom or the Ericsson or the Nokia. We, also within the 6GIA, we have uh, the smaller players, the SMEs, uh, but we also have the academics and the research institutes and indeed many of the vertical players. So we actually have all of the key players in this mobile communications ecosystem within our association. And what the association tries to do is it tries to be the, the voice of European industry or European ecosystem in everything 5G and 6G. So we write white papers and things like that, which you can find on our website. Uh, we have working groups where we try and work out the European position. But the other main thing we do is together with the European Commission, we try and drive this European research. So we had a major research program in the 5G era, the 5G PPP. And now we have this new research program, this Smart Network and Services JU, 
which as I said, we're running together with the European Commission trying to drive the 60 agenda. So the 60IA is an industry association. The Smart Network and Services, JU, is a research program, a large research program trying to fund um, many dozens, probably a um, hundred or more projects trying to drive the 6G agenda in Europe. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's it's early days in 6G investigation. 3GPP hasn't published any standards. I mean, we're still in the release phases of 5G new radio. But, Peter, I'm wondering um, if you have any anything to add here and, and also any, any perspective on um, some of the specific initiatives that are targeted at communication service providers within the 6GIA. Yeah, maybe just to reaffirm uh, that 6GIA uh, is very important here. It's it's actually the commission together with the industry association that is governing the uh, joint undertaking. So um, we are sitting together in the governing board. We're taking these decisions together. And this uh, is also a change from the 5G PPP uh, era where the commission was still in the driving seat mainly setting out work programs, uh, taking the, more, the funding decisions. And uh, we decided here to do that now together in a joint undertaking, together with the industry. So this is a very strong factor um, to, to make sure that these work programs um, are uh, impactful and are, are doing the right things that the industry needs and, and uh, brings, brings this leadership. That, that we need in this area. And yeah, in terms of initiatives, we can certainly mention um, uh, the, one of the big flagships that we now launched and some uh, important first research projects on 6G. One is called HexaX and now the, the successor HexaX2, which is really delivering a, a first vision and, and the first concept for 6G that can then be the basis for the first standards that, that will be starting to be, be developed uh, in the middle of this decade. So really filling this window of opportunity now coming up as Europe together with international partners with this, this global vision for 6G. So this is a very important initiative and matches very well this uh, co-leadership with industry um, in terms of vision and, and roadmap setting. You know, certainly from my perspective, it's a model that could be leveraged in other parts of the world. We, we haven't in the United States sort of codified what what... Europe is doing with, with these initiatives, but this is probably a loaded question, a softball question. But why, you know, Peter, why is this important for Europe? Um, well, let's let's maybe start with the opportunity here to build on our strength. I mean, we we know how to do this, and then you mentioned it. Will uh, other regions uh, have other models of uh, of research? And we have seen now with this criticality criticality of this key technologies that we're in a good place that we have this um, spirit of cooperation this experience in europe to do this roadmap based research uh, in a very cooperative atti attitude uh, where actually the other regions see uh, the the early discussions on 5g and now 6g are happening in europe and they're attending mm -hmm. our conferences so that's a very powerful mechanism to to lead this so-called pre-standardization together with other regions. So I think that's that's important for us. It's an important opportunity that we want to continue here and, and even uh, step it one level up now, having understood that this is even more uh, more critical. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's kind of provides a fertile ground for, for innovation. When you bring people together, you have discussions, even if it's pre-standard. Colin, I'm wondering if you have any any final comments before we, we, we close. No, I think, I think that's a... Uh... 
a good insight that um, I think you see scientific studies that show that what you want is a heterogeneous environment. So you want everyone to have some sort of input into creating innovation, creating new technology. And I think there, at least at the moment, Europe is perhaps in a unique position that it's not just the European actors involved in these SNS projects. We also have key players from around the world involved, be that um, Apple or Qualcomm from the US, be that Docomo or uh, others from Japan or even my Chinese vendor. Uh, Chinese vendors like Huawei also involved. The point is the 6G is going to be a global standard. So any single country or region who thinks they're going to dictate hasn't, hasn't read the book, hasn't understood. So right. the sooner that we can collaborate in a wider sense and get the key players involved, the more likely we are to actually come up with some solution that might end up being 6G. And, and that, that is a, a, a key proposition. I think there's a real value in that, in that pre-standardization consensus. And that's what we're trying to achieve with this smart network and services, Jamie. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So as we close our final topic, I'm just curious, um, do any of these activities intersect with, with others globally? And so maybe, Peter, we can start with you to provide sort of a broader perspective. Yes, uh, with pleasure. So indeed, we have uh, this global standardization set up. So where we uh, indeed aim at a global standard for the benefits of, of scale, for the benefits of um, global service availability and so on. So there are many benefits to that. And this um, we have learned from the past that fragmenting these standards is, um, is problematic. So I think this is, uh, gives us the um, justification and the, the good reasoning to uh, have a global setup. So we are um, here in contact with all the leading regions um, in multilateral um, initiatives, workshops, but also um, talking on a policy level with all regions, so-called policy dialogues, we're exchanging information. And then we're having um, some more, uh, let's say, targeted initiatives where we, uh, we see a bit more opportunities to work with certain partners uh, a bit more uh, intensely. This is, for example, the Trade Technology Council with the U.S., we have a very good uh, cooperation um, since now a couple of years and thinking about, for example, security and resilience principles in our deployments, also uh, in, in third countries uh, to, to create a secure and resilient infrastructures, uh, but also now have started working on 6G roadmaps and vision to make sure that these standards are based on our principles and our values. So we have a number of guiding principles here um, from security uh, to sustainability uh, to um, how we want to address future open architectures. So these are important elements that we are uh, discussing there and also then uh, launching specific corporations. Other examples are uh, partners like Japan, Korea. Also with India, we have a trade technology council. With the others, we have digital partnerships where we have a quite a long tradition to work with these countries uh, in, uh, in, in joint uh, programming and in, in, in coupling our project, uh, focusing on specific areas of joint interest. And this is helping us to set the path to this, uh, these global standards. Yeah, you know, and you mentioned India. I mean, what a what a just an innovative market. They were a little behind on their, their 5G auctions, but when you look at uh, what like Reliance has done to really deliver a highly disaggregated greenfield, you know, network, and I mean, just accelerated timelines, you know, leveraging cloudification, 
disaggregation, it, it's quite impressive. But, you know, Colin, as we close, any any final thoughts on the subject? Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned previously, this, this whole area, this collaboration globally is vitally important. We see that both from an SNSJU point of view, but also from the CGIL. And that means in parallel to the political connections, which Peter have talked to, the CGIA has MOUs with most of the major regions around the world, be that Brazil or India, US, um, China, uh, Japan, Korea. And through those MOUs, we collaborate and work, disseminate with those key, um, typically here, industry associations in those regions. So we're trying to build the consensus, trying to build the trust uh, across the various regions to make sure that we come out with a single 6G standard, which is which is reasonable. Well, you know, it's it's very compelling, and um, this has been a great conversation, gentlemen. I want to thank you for your time, and I want to thank our listeners and viewers for tuning in. And there'll be plenty more in this series. So thank you very much. This podcast is brought to you by SNS ICE, an EU-backed project focused on creating a collaborative environment for the development and deployment of 6G smart networks and services. The project has received funding from the European Union's Horizon Europe Research and Innovation Program under grant agreement number 10109584.